Chapter 10 He cut back to the main road and checked the traffic. It wasn't far to the pedestrian crossing, but if there was a gap in the cars he could cross over directly opposite the rockery. He looked to his right, and there, just beyond the bus stop, he was sure he saw a pair of grey tails disappearing over the wall to the garden behind the elm trees. Just like the tails of the Persian cats that had left the school, it was too much of a coincidence. Running back to the park, he ignored the elms and headed for the walled garden. He stopped before the entrance and moved slowly up to the open gateway, and he peered round and into the garden. There, on the far wall, he saw the cats. He couldn't be certain, as they were at least fifty metres away, but it really did look like the pair that had slipped out of school on Friday. As he watched, the two cats sauntered along the top of the wall and then disappeared into Preston Manor. James was about to follow them when a black and white bird flew overhead. A magpie. He turned and watched it swoop and dive over the road until it fluttered to a stop, right on the willow tree in the rockery. Now James had a choice, to pursue the possible Persian cats, or go back to the rockery. James decided to ignore the cats for now. He wasn't sure they were actually involved. The magpie could be linked to the birds that hired Chimera and her clan. The traffic was flowing thick on London Road, so he ran down to the crossing. He kept his eyes on the willow tree, but couldn't see the lone magpie any more. Once inside the rockery, he decided to walk right to the top. From there, he'd have a good view down onto the willow tree. He started across the stepping stones and then wound his way up to the top from the other side. He took the rabbit-run path up to the back fence, but avoided the area with the needles. From the very top he looked down at the willow tree and the pond, still nothing. His eyes wandered over the road down onto the sentinelms. Somehow they had a power to protect things, and somehow Asma was using their power. Who was she? Or perhaps he thought the better question was, what was she? He was still looking at the elms when he saw the birds. In the top branches of both elm trees were magpies. Lots of them. He hadn't noticed them from the ground. Wilf would have seen them earlier if he'd climbed up, but Asma had stopped him. Or perhaps they'd only just arrived. As James watched, more magpies congregated. Then... All at once they took off and flew, in one large group, straight towards him. For a moment he started to panic. The fence behind him was solid, put up by the railway company to protect the track. He didn't want to get trapped by the birds, and so quickly ran back through the bushes to the main path. He started along the path, but saw a flash of something orange at the far end. A fox's tail not coming towards him, but going straight down the steep slope of the rockery. The magpies were still in the air. James turned away from the fox, and in a few steps he was at the small bridge. He slipped around the railings and slid under the bridge and sat hunched on the cold, hard ground, breathing hard. From his position, he was invisible from above and from the path. Obscured from behind by the steep slope, and partially hidden from in front by a yellow-leaved bush. 
Past the yellow bush, the ground dropped steeply, and he could see the fish pond at the bottom of the rockery. The magpies landed all together on the willow tree at the far side of the pond. From James's left, Chimera appeared on the stepping stones. She made her way across the pond and sat on an edge stone looking up at the birds. Then one of them, a huge bird with a bright bluish-green tail, flapped down and stood next to the fox. James wasn't close enough to tell what was going on. The bird was strutting back and forth, Chimera's eyes tracking it like a slow-motion tennis match. Then, after a short while, the bird hopped over to the start of the path. Chimera moved after it, and they both started up the big stone steps and toward James. He thought about running, but he also really wanted to find out what they were up to, and he thought his hiding place was pretty good. He sat as still and silently as possible. The ground underneath him was cold and uncomfortable, but he ignored it. Shortly he heard voices. The first was Chimera's. "'We've been all over this stupid place,' she said. "'There is no other way in.' "'There must be!' squawked another voice, the magpie. I'm paying you well, and I want the stone. Without the key we can't get to it. Chimera's voice was even and calm. If you'd taken care of the trees when I told you, then we wouldn't need the key. Now they've got their power back, because of that girl. The two animals were now right above the bridge, and James held himself as still as possible. He'd been breathing quietly before, and now he stopped breathing altogether. His left side was cold and numb where it contacted the ground. I've seen the key, Chimera said, and you can help to get it. Very well, the bird said as they moved off the bridge. What would you have me do? I need to think about that, about that human girl. Perhaps there is a way we can kill two birds with one stone, if you get my meaning. I'm not sure that I like that phrase. The bird flapped its wings. You should pay more respect to me. I'm in charge here. You will do my bidding, or you won't get your share of the prize. The fox and the bird had moved far enough away that he couldn't hear them any more. He allowed himself to breathe again. He waited another minute, and then he saw the big magpie rejoin the group on the willow tree. The birds then took to the sky and flew north over the park, possibly in the direction of the hill fort. James hadn't seen where Chimera went, so he stayed still and quiet for a few more minutes before pulling himself up and out from underneath the bridge. He was stiff and cold, but pleased that he hadn't had to face Chimera again. When he reached the bottom of the steep rocky path, he stood on the edge of the pond and thought, If Hegel was right, the Stone of Brighthelm should be safe as long as Asma visited the Sentinelms every day. Chimera needed the key. He felt relieved that it was still safely locked in the school. Then he thought about Mrs. Gently and felt less sure that the key was actually safe. The sun was setting and James didn't want to be caught alone at night when Chimera might be lurking somewhere. He jogged back home and avoided the park. He'd had a thought about another idea to stop the magpies and he wondered why the king under the fort hadn't suggested it. He'd see if the gang were around to help out again on Sunday. 
he spent another hour poring over the first five cryptograms in the picture that Jenny had taken. He'd solved the first Morse code one, but the second one looked harder and the third was just a string of zeros and ones. Then his mum reminded him about the family meal and he pulled himself away from the cryptograms. With all the distractions, he'd forgotten that he hadn't eaten anything for lunch apart from the ice cream. He was starving and quickly got ready to go out. Just before he went downstairs, he messaged the gang about his plan for the following day.